It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Trump Kim Summit in Hanoi. With divided government, what are the political realities? The president is increasingly frustrated. I want to try to cut through the noise. Politically, this is devastating. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. It is no secret that I care a lot about the consumers. There are real questions about big tech. We still have more leverage to use with the tariffs. I think we could do with a little less drama from the White House. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg Radio. Greetings from Hanoi, Vietnam, where President Trump in just a few short hours is set to have a one-on-one meeting with North Korea leader Kim Jong-un. They're going to kickstart their day at a quarter of 9 a.m. local time. Then they're going to have an expanded meeting, denuclearization meeting, and then lunch. And then according to the White House schedule, at about 2 and 3 p.m. today, or 2 a.m. Eastern New York time, there's going to be some type of signing agreement, this according to White House officials, and then President Trump is going to deliver a press conference. But what was supposed to be a summit, a second summit with North Korea here in Hanoi, trying to get some type of accomplishment done with regards to denuclearization, has since become overshadowed by the president's former fixer and personal attorney, Michael Cohen, who, as we speak, is uh, testifying uh, up on Capitol Hill at the House Oversight Committee. And what a day it has been, a split screen type of day, which is why I'm so glad that Jordan Fabian, a White House reporter for The Hill newspaper, is with us for the hour, as well as Hagar Kamali, she is the founder and chief executive officer of Greenwich Media Strategies. She's also, of course, uh, the former spokesperson for the U.S. mission to the United Nations for former Ambassador Samantha Power and a former spokesperson at the Treasury Department. So all-star panel to help join us or take us through what has been a remarkable day. We've got every base covered. Congressman French Hill, a Republican from Arkansas, he's going to join us later on in the hour as well. Jordan, this is not the type of summit that President Trump had hoped for. No. No, you're, you have a good point there, Kevin. Uh, the timing of this hearing with Michael Cohen is certainly overshadowing news coverage here back in the U.S. Uh, cable news dominated with uh, live uh, tape-to-tape coverage of what Michael Cohen is saying, and a lot of it has been uh, damaging to President Trump. Uh, some of it's been out there before, but some revelations that the former uh, Trump lawyer put out there uh, that uh, the, the president essentially directed him to lie about uh, hush money payments to uh, Stormy Daniels and uh, and and. Uh, 
some details about the uh, the Trump Tower Moscow deal that was ongoing during the 2016 campaign. Uh, things that have been out there in news reports, but uh, with Michael Cohen out there in front of Congress, sworn in uh, under oath, giving these uh, accounts on the record, certainly gave it some added heft. And, and, and the bottom line, being under oath is something... Uh, that is crucial, especially now. I mean, for all of the times that these congressional hearings get criticized for being a bit of a circus, I mean, and to, to a large extent, you know, they are a circus, a political circus. They are still under oath. Ask Roger Stone, uh, who has been issued a gag order for not being, for, well, posting on Instagram. Uh, Mike Dorning is Bloomberg News White House editor. He's also with us for the hour. Thank you, Mike, uh, for being there with us. Mike, I-, I was struck by this. Where I am right now, it's it's about 5 a.m. In-, in Hanoi, Vietnam, and I'm sitting atop uh, a roof of a hotel, the Gallery Classy Hotel, looking out at the Huan Kim Lake, Sounds which is great. central Hanoi. <laughs> yeah, and, but I'm looking at, in the distance, uh, the Metropole Hotel, which is where tr- President Trump and Kim Jong-un uh, had dinner. They had like shrimp cocktail and a grilled sirloin. Sounded good according to the menu. A chocolate lava cake, folks, for dessert. <laughs> but uh, I was struck at just how optimistic <clears throat> President Trump was and really touted the economic impact potentially and pointed to Vietnam as an example of what North Korea could be. But the whole time, as these reports are coming out, I mean, the number one trending topic on Twitter nationally back in the States is Michael Cohen. Well, first off, you talk about a split-screen moment. It's not really a split-screen moment for people in America because while we're awake, it's all about Michael Cohen. Tonight, while we're all sleeping and dreaming our dreams, it will be (laughs) Trump's moment. Um, So that will all happen while we're not paying attention. Um, Also, this is really the first time we've seen this kind of televised, dramatic testimony going over all these misdeeds and it's it's just a dramatic moment like um in the watergate hearings when you first started to see um the actual advisors to the president come out and testify americans can look at these people they can size them up um and michael cohen came off pretty well today he wasn't rattled when the republicans were attacking him so it's it's going to be a moment that makes a big impression on the american people you know, whether they agree or disagree with them, it'll be one of those moments that you remember in all this. I uh, I was uh, struck by the president's tweets today, just being here in Hanoi, Vietnam, and, and, and to be so engulfed in, in these incredibly important geopolitical talks. It's not just the U.S. and North Korea who are here. I mean, the the, the surrounding influence of China is, is truly felt. It was felt as Kim Jong-un took a a Chinese-backed train through China, 60-hour train ride to get here. But the president was tweeting about Michael Cohen, about Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. He tweeted out that he mentioned uh, uh, Senator Blumenthal's dodging of, of the, or lying, rather, about his about his uh, record in Vietnam, uh, that he mentioned that to folks here uh, when he was meeting with, with Vietnamese leaders. And then, of course, calling Michael Cohen a, a liar and... and all of this is coming as these talks are set to happen. I and 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 it's. I, I want to play for you what President Trump had to say when when he uh, when he briefly made comments with Kim Jong Un when they were having dinner. Take a listen to what President Trump had to say. It seems unbelievable that I was so mesmerized by Donald Trump that I was willing to do things for him that I knew were absolutely wrong. 
Well, that was Michael that Cohen. <laughs> that was, that that was, was what was on Cohen. his mind. <laughs> but it was what was on his mind. I mean, <laughs> but, but you were giving you had, us the look inside you know, him. But he, but 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 it gets to this issue of of even in, exactly. I mean, like in three hours, he's going to be sitting with Kim Jong Un, and and there it is that you know that that the White House senior administration officials are having to to really focus on this. Do we have that President Trump side? Let's let's play President Trump. Here's President Trump. A lot of things are going to be solved. I hope, and I, I think it'll lead to wonderful. It'll lead to really a wonderful situation long term. So he says it's going to be good. Hagar Kamali is a former spokesperson at the U.S. Treasury Department. She also has deep ties, has previously worked for Samantha Power. Uh, Hagar, thanks for joining us. Can the president, or how, how have the domestic events back in the States impacted and cast a shadow over what's happening here in Hanoi? I had a lot of experience in when I was in the government with these types of trips, and it's hard to ever separate. I will tell you, of, of all the trips that I had participated in, or any that I've observed, it's the first time I see something domestically overshadow something foreign, and something so big. I mean, the summit is an important issue, no matter what we think of of, of how it's going, or what the, real, what the reality will be of it, or what the achievements will come out of it. It is still shocking to see how much this domestic issue will play out. Now, I don't think it's going to really be a distraction for the experts on the ground who are trying to extract some real concessions out of North Korea. The administration has said that they've got these three key goals, right? The first is agreeing on what denuclearization means um, with the North Korean government. The second is having some kind of roadmap to get to denuclearization. Um, and the third is freezing North Korea's enhancement of its proliferation program now, which we know they continued to do since the summit last year. Um, so I think that that's what they're going to be focused on. I think Trump will, uh, President Trump will probably be distracted for sure, um, but there's, there's really only so much that, that one can control about that. <laughs> Hagar Kamali is uh, one of our panelists uh, for the hour. She has uh, w was director of communications and spokesperson for the U.S. mission to the U.N. Uh, and for uh, former ambassador Samantha Power. She is also the spokesperson for terrorism and financial intelligence at the Treasury Department. She's got experience directly working in these types of situations. And Hagar, that's why I want to get inside of your head here. If you're if you were on the ground here in Hanoi, President Trump is set to meet one-on-one -on -one in literally under four hours, just across town from where I'm from where I'm seated, uh, with Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un knows that we know it's been reported that he that he follows U.S. media. He knows that President Trump is is facing this this scandal back home. Does he not? I, I mean, I, I'm certain he does, uh, but I don't, I don't see that really changing the way the North Koreans work toward things. And the reason for that is, I mean, I think we have to remember that the North Korean leader is of a completely different mental state. I mean, this is an individual who took a 35 years old. Days, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, except, and, 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 and quite, uh, you know, Formed, I mean, I mean, shaped by his experiences growing up in, in North Korea, obviously, even at such a young age. But, I mean, this is an individual who took a train for three days to get to where he's going because he's paranoid to fly. He <laughs> allegedly brings his own food. You're there. Maybe you've heard more about this. But yeah, I mean, it's been... 
It's been absolutely uh, remarkable just to see how all the nuance. Coming up much more on Michael Cohen, much more on the summit now just under four hours away. And Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas, is going to weigh in on the split screen day that is Washington and all around the world in Vietnam. Remember, you can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes after the show at Bloomberg.com or by getting the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and on iHeartRadio. Panel stays Mike Dorning, Jordan Fabian, Hagar Kamali. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Sound On. This is Bloomberg. Global news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at TikTok on Twitter. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Krisner at the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York, 17 past the hour. Let's get you caught up on market action. We kind of had a mixed finish for U.S. equities. That was after USTR Robert Lighthizer kind of dialed back expectations for a sweeping trade deal with China. He said there will be significant structural changes required to the Chinese economic model. And then he went on to say it's too early to tell if China will concede to U.S. demands. He also said that China and their purchasing of more U.S. goods alone is not enough for a deal. Dow Industrial Average weaker by three-tenths of one percent on the day. S&P 500 was down about one-tenth of one percent, although the Nasdaq Composite gained a little ground with uh, a gain of about one-tenth of one percent. After the bell, HP Inc. reported revenue for the latest quarter below estimates. Stock right now is weaker by more than five percent in U.S. trading. And we had uh, CBS saying that they are near a deal to end the search for a new CEO. We are told the company is aiming to make a decision by the end of March. Class B shares in CBS down by 1.7% on the day. Yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury last quoted in New York at 2.68%. You're caught up on markets. Let's get back to a special edition of Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli, live from Hanoi for the Trump-Kim Summit. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I am broadcasting from Hanoi, Vietnam, atop of the O'Gallery Classy Hotel, overlooking the Huan Kim Lake in central Hanoi. To the west is where, in just under four hours, President Trump and North Korea leader Kim Jong-un are set to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting at the Metropole Hotel. From there, they will then increase their respective camps and, and have continued denuclearization talks. The president will be joined by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, his acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney. The North Korea leader Kim Jong-un will be uh, joined by his number two inside of his regime, as well as his foreign affairs uh, minister. Now, a couple of hours ago, President Trump had a dinner of sorts with those camps. They had like shrimp cocktail, chocolate lava cake. Menu looked pretty good, to be honest, at this famous metropole, uh, Sofitel, it was called, this hotel that's been uh, opened for more than 100 years, I believe. And the president seemed optimistic. But while all of this was going down across the world in Washington, well, 
the shadow of Washington was felt here in Hanoi because the president was tweeting about Michael Cohen, his former personal attorney, as well as longtime fixer who was testifying before the House Oversight Committee, testifying under oath, we should we should add. Uh, with me for the hour, Mike Dorning, Bloomberg News White House editor. He's in our D.C. studio, accompanied by Jordan Fabian, White House correspondent uh, and reporter for The Hill newspaper. And joining us on the telephone is Hagar Kamali. She is a former uh, spokesperson at the U.S. Treasury Department and the CEO of Greenwich Media Strategies. Thank you to the panel. Uh, Mike, I, I want to start with you because I was struck as one of the big takeaways and it really comes down to what the proof is literally in the pudding for this Michael Cohen uh, testimony. And we were talking earlier about how it's been casting a shadow over events here in Hanoi. But but what we learned and what he's accusing the president of, in particular, about having direct knowledge of the hack. Mike, that was probably the biggest takeaway, no? I mean, I I think that part of it was just the overall portrait, you know, that he's a con man, a cheat, a liar, and a racist. Those are kind of going to be kind of the things that resonate, I think, with the broader public. But you're right. Um, one of the sort of big factual takeaways was exactly what you said, that he said that he heard on a speakerphone Roger Stone tell Trump ahead of time about this massive dump of emails that would damage Hillary Clinton. And you know, having covered that campaign, how important that was in that campaign. Without that, it seems unlikely that Trump would have won. And yet here he is knowing about what's going to happen well in advance. And there are these other just amazing things that came out, like him saying, now there's no tape of this, that uh, he doesn't know of any country that's run by a black that's not like a bad country. He used a more colorful term. And that was, of course, at, at a time when the U.S. was being run by a black man, Barack Obama. And think little things like him saying that uh, Trump called his son, Donald Trump Jr., sort of one of the least intelligent people in the world. Um, all of that creates a, a portrait that will resonate and which we'll see on Saturday Night Live. It'll become potter, part of pop culture. You know, and the, Donald Trump Jr., the president's son, tweeting out uh, during the hearing that uh, he thinks Michael Cohen just wanted his own TV show, and he was angling for that. So they were, the Republican machine was it was in full force. The Democratic machine as well, uh, amplifying this hearing. It really did grip and overshadow the events happening uh, here in Hanoi. I want to play for you though that moment in the hearing because this for me, I, here I am on at the, in Hanoi, like glued to Twitter, glued to Bloomberg Television, glued to the Bloomberg Terminal, and all the great reporting that was crossing, glued to my friend Jordan Fabian and the Hill. Uh, and all of these reports coming in, and I'm like, this is wow, wow. But here was the moment for me that really stuck out. And you mentioned the the phone call and that he was listening on speakerphone. There will be a call log if that's true, the Roger Stone moment. Here it is, that moment of uh, Michael Cohen's testimony at the House earlier today. Take a listen. A lot of people have asked me about whether Mr. Trump knew about the release of the hacked documents, the Democratic National Committee email ahead of time. And the answer is yes. Wow, Jordan. Wow. That to me, I mean, if there's proof of that, then that directly ties President Trump to Roger Stone. Right, Kevin. That was one of the most jaw-dropping moments. I think Mike uh, really went through a lot of them uh, just now, but th there were so many uh, during this hearing today. And uh, what I'm going to be looking for, Kevin, though, is how Democrats 
respond to all of this information that was given? Because not only do you have these revelations that Michael Cohen is putting out there in the Russia investigation, but you have uh, new allegations that uh, the Trump organization may have committed bank fraud and, and falsifying assets for, for loan purposes and things like that. So how do Democrats yeah. go forward and, and use this in, in the future? How do they open new lines of inquiry, even as the Robert Mueller investigation and the federal investigation in New right. York are still going on? So we'll All see right. how that goes. Coming up, Congressman Fred Chill, panel stay, Cigar Kamali, Jordan Fabian, Mike Dorning. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Download the Sound On podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also check us out on Radio.com and iHeartRadio live from Vietnam, where the day two of the Trump-Kim summit is going to continue onward. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli, live from the Trump-Kim Nuclear Summit in Hanoi on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I'm broadcasting from Hanoi, Vietnam, atop of the O'Gallery Classy Hotel. It's a rooftop here overlooking the Quan Kim Lake in central Hanoi to the west. Well, just a couple of blocks away, I see another skyscraper of sorts, the Metropole Hotel, the historic Metropole Hotel, uh, where President Trump and Kim Jong-un dined together today, talking on the eve of what will be in just under now, like three and a half more hours, when that day two of the the second summit, all the hard work of the, the back and forth, that one-on-one meeting with President Trump and Kim Jong-un, it's set to begin. They're going to have uh, a working lunch after the, the, the one-on-one meetings with their respective camps. The White House is saying that at 2 o'clock uh, p.m. local time, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that there's going to be a signing of sorts. Uh, uh, we don't know what, maybe a, a formal declaration of the ending of the Korean uh, War. Uh, remember, folks, it was just a ceasefire that was declared back in, in 1953. And then at 3 o'clock, p.m. local or 3 a.m. Eastern time, President Trump's going to give a press conference. No doubt he's going to get questions about what was happening back in Washington, D.C., his former fixer, personal attorney, Michael Cohen, testifying uh, to really cast him as a racist, someone who was trying to cover up his uh, dealings with women. I mean, it just was went on and on, uh, this bombshell hearing. And number one trending topic on Twitter, really overshadowing and dominating uh, all of the developments here. 
out of Vietnam. Some of our colleagues in the White House press corps from the Associated Press tried to ask President Trump about that. If, if the, the poll, as it's known, is just a handful of reporters. It's a circulation in the U.S. press system. Only about five or six on these international trips, or seven really, I guess, uh, go in for these photo ops, and, and they tried to ask him about Michael Cohen, and then White House didn't like that. So he's going to get questions on it in a couple of hours, and what he says, we'll, we'll have to wait. But when America wakes up tomorrow morning, President Trump will have delivered, likely, that press conference. Mike Dorning is Bloomberg News White House editor. He joins us from our D.C. studio along with Jordan Fabian, White House correspondent uh, for The Hill newspaper, uh, also a member of the White House Correspondents Association. And Hagar Kamali is a former spokesperson for the U.S. Treasury Department as well as the U.S. Uh, United Nations and uh, is the CEO of Greenwich uh, Strategies. Uh, she's also with us on the phone line. We were talking earlier about the back and forth here uh, in Vietnam and the impact that this is having over very intense denuclearization efforts. I was struck. They shut down the roads here for when the motorcade uh, was going through uh, after the dinner when President Trump was leaving the Metropole uh, restaurant to go to the JW Marriott where he's staying, Hagar, they shut down the roads. They, the, the local police force here handed out a Vietnamese and, and American flags to all the locals. So I'm walking through, I'm trying to, you know, what do you make of this? What do you make of this? And I run into some expatriates and they were like, everywhere we go, there's Trump. We can't escape him. So, I mean, Hagar, it <laughs> even caught some folks here off guard, some tourists, I guess, or backpackers who were like, why, why is President Trump in Hanoi? Uh, but there is a reason he's in Hanoi, which is they're, they're trying to, to send a message to, to the North Koreans that the economic model of Vietnam could be something that they follow. But no one was following what's going on here. They were listening to, uh, back in the States, they were listening to Michael Cohen testify. I want to play for you uh, another clip from the hearing where Roger, Michael Cohen says that Roger Stone told President Trump uh, that he had just gotten off the phone with Julian Assange. Take a listen to this moment. Mr. Stone told Mr. Trump that he had just gotten off the phone with Julian Assange and that Mr. Assange told Mr. Stone that within a couple of days there would be a massive dump of emails that would damage Hillary Clinton's campaign. Mr. Trump responded by stating to the effect, wouldn't that be great? So if there's proof of that, Hagar, what happens next? Well, the, you know, any engagement with Assange is something that could be viewed as, as, as treason. And we already know that given the charges that Chelsea Manning went through. I mean, Chelsea Manning was directly leaking something from the U.S. government, right? So Chelsea Manning was a U.S. government personnel, so it's a bit different. I don't mean to completely compare. And I'm not a legal expert, but um, surely there would be some kind of charges against him in anything that has to do with leaking sensitive information that, that has an impact on the security of the United States, and certainly an election in the United States, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain there could be some legal implications there. But I will say, you know, what's interesting, you mentioned about the economic model um, regarding Vietnam and the message that the Trump administration is trying to convey to North Korea. You know, it's not the first time that the U.S. government tries to highlight to an adversary what it would be like if they behaved 
like a like a normal actor um, without all the nefarious activity. And and the Obama administration did this with Iran, right? So. The goal there after the deal was to try and incorporate them somehow, certainly through Europe, into the international financial system so that they could see what it would be like to have a taste of being a normal actor and having trade resume and so on as a means of changing their behavior, specifically as it related to terrorism across the region, right? So with North Korea, it's a very similar goal here. Um, You know, it's it's hard to say how that will go. You know, as I mentioned before, I think the main goals are are, are pretty limited, actually. You know, and focused to make getting an agreement on denuclearization, getting a roadmap for denuclearization, and then halting the current efforts by North Korea to enrich their program. Right. Yeah, and so that's that's where I see them them being focused. I think on the North Korea side, obviously, their two main goals have to do with sanctions relief and with having some kind of formal declaration to the Korean War. Jordan, very quickly, and like. And- just uh, uh, just under a minute that we have left. It, tell me this. I mean, to our colleagues at the Associated Press who were trying to get President Trump to talk about Cohen, they really were doing their job, no? Absolutely. Uh, when you have that kind of opportunity, you have to ask the newsworthy questions. They asked about the North Korea talks, too, and it's uh, not right for the White House to retaliate in the way that they did. It wasn't like they were in there, folks, just asking about Michael Cohen. They were asking about these allegations. Coming up, Congressman French Hill, Republican from Arkansas, he joins us on the telephone. We get more into what to expect in the next 24 hours. Panel stays. Download us on Apple iTunes, Bloomberg.com, or the Bloomberg Business app. Check us out on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. Kevin Cirilli in Hanoi, this is Sound On, and this is Bloomberg. Global news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at TikTok on Twitter. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. It is indeed. We are at 45 past the hour. Let's get you caught up on market action. Equities in the states finished mixed. That was after U.S. trade rep Robert Lighthizer dialed back expectations for a sweeping trade deal with China. He told lawmakers the U.S. is pushing for a deal with significant structural changes to the Chinese economic model. But he also said it's too early to tell if China will concede to U.S. demands. He also said China's purchasing more U.S. goods alone is not enough for a deal. Dow Industrial Average giving back about three-tenths of one percent, although the Nasdaq Composite did gain one-tenth of one percent. In the broader market, the S&P 500 was down about one-tenth of one percent. Energy shares followed the price of crude higher after Saudi Arabia signaled it's inclined to extend supply cuts into the second half of the year. During the New York session, WTI jumped two and a half percent to 56.94. After the bell, HP Inc. reported disappointing revenue for the latest quarter, although the company said its profit forecast was kind of in line with estimates. Nonetheless, those shares down about five percent in late New York trading. The pound rallied against the dollar by nearly one half of one percent on speculation Brexit will be delayed, leading Brexit purist. Jacob Rees-Mogg appears to be softening his stance, and that may make it a little more likely the divorce agreement could win parliamentary approval next month. U.S. 10-year Treasury last quoted in New York at a yield of 2.68%. You're caught up on markets. Let's go back now to a special live edition of Sound On with Kevin Cirilli, live from Hanoi for the Trump-Kim Summit. Welcome back, folks. I'm Kevin Cirilli, broadcasting from Hanoi, Vietnam, atop of the O'Gallery Classy Hotel, overlooking the Huan Kim Lake in central Hanoi. It's a landmark here. 
in Hanoi, where in just a few short hours, President Trump is going to be meeting at the Metropole Hotel, the historic Metropole Hotel. He dined with North Korea leader Kim Jong-un last evening local time, or very early in the morning Eastern Standard Time. We're 12 hours ahead of New York Eastern Standard Time here. So dawn is just breaking, and President Trump's going to have that one-on-one with North Korea leader Kim Jong-un, but all eyes in America are focused on this bombshell day of testimony from longtime President Trump confidant and fixer, personal attorney Michael Cohen. He testified in the House uh, and, and really portrayed President Trump as someone who knew what was going on with Roger Stone's contact to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. And it was just a gripping day of testimony uh, and one that even caught the president's attention. He was asked about it by our colleagues at the Associated Press. White House didn't like that. It was during a photo op with uh, Kim Jong-un. And our colleagues in the White House press corps also asked about the other issues uh, of relevance, including the denuclearization uh, talks that are happening. The second summit in under a year, folks, between North Korea and the U.S. Joining me on the line is Congressman French Hill. He's a Republican from Arkansas. And and Congressman, I got to get your take on how what you make of of michael cohen's testimony today well of course it is sensational and everything about michael cohen is sensational so he's back on the hill saying that when he lied the previous time uh it wasn't right and now he's not lying and he's telling the truth so when you've got this cast of characters you don't know where the truth lies but it was a circus in the house rayburn office building they used the Energy and Commerce hearing room, Kevin, just across the, the hallway from the House Financial Services Committee where we were hosting yeah. Fed, Fed Chairman Jay Powell. So there wasn't a room for another visitor, TV camera, or reporter. I mean, it, it, and there was, mind you, the Fed chair was testifying. He Day two of his testimony, he says the economy is in pretty good shape. And then you've got Bob Lighthizer, the U.S. trade representative. He was testifying. And then you've got Michael Cohen. Uh, and he's, by the way, Bob Lighthizer says, be patient, folks, with the U.S.-China trade deal. But the Michael Cohen thing, I mean, was there anything that emerged today, Congressman, that causes you, gives you pause in terms of, uh, President Trump's involvement with WikiLeaks, or or what are you waiting for, or what are you, what do you, what yeah what what a lot of folks are saying this could be a tipping point. Did you see it as a tipping point at all? You know, Kevin, I don't know that it's a tipping point. You had Richard Burr, Senator Richard Burr from uh, North Carolina, complete the Senate review of all this material in the last few days, and they came to an unsensational conclu- conclusion that they didn't see connection between the Trump Organization, Trump campaign with Russia. So I think people on Capitol Hill don't know what to make of it, and that's why they're waiting patiently for the results of the Mueller investigation. Congressman French Hill, a Republican from Arkansas, joining us on the telephone line from Washington, D.C. He, of course, is also a member of the House Financial Services Committee. I'm broadcasting from Hanoi, and uh, take from your perspective, I mean, go give us a little bit of behind the scenes here. Why was this hearing scheduled for today? Why did the Democrats uh, schedule this this particular hearing for today? Well, um, I, I don't know that precisely. I refer you to the Speaker's office, yeah. but it could possibly be, of course, as you know, by Washington uh, maneuvering in politics to simply step on 
the story of President Trump historically being in Hanoi and engaging in the second bilateral meeting with North Korea. That's a typical Washington ploy. And I will tell you, I spoke with a source uh, close to uh, Michael Cohen, didn't speak, I texted with a source uh, uh, close to Michael Cohen uh, earlier today who flagged me about the uh, comeback, I don't want to call it a comeback, but but the comments that were, were going to come about Michael Cohen talking specifically about Vietnam. And during that hearing uh, before the House committee, uh, Michael Cohen said that, that one of the things that he was tasked with fixing as a fixer during his time with uh, President then private citizen Donald Trump, was uh, squashing all of the controversy about the allegations that Donald Trump dodged the Viet- Vietnam draft. So it was a fiery hearing. It was an explosive hearing. And Jordan Fabian, who is also with us, he's uh, in our D.C. studio, a White House correspondent for The Hill newspaper. Do you think it changes the dynamics, the political dynamics of uh, Republicans and Democrats at all? You know, while uh, this hearing was explosive, Kevin, it's hard to say this is going to move the needle. Um, If you looked at the questions from both sides of the aisle, it seems like most people in that hearing room had their mind made up already about Michael Cohen going into that hearing. So um, coming out of this, I I doubt that it's going to shift the partisan winds, though it does give some new investigative strands uh, for the Oversight Committee and other panels to track down. Congressman. Go ahead, Mike. I would slightly add to that. I I do think it has a real potential to change the dynamics with the public, probably not with hardcore Trump supporters who do probably make up a majority of the Republican electorate, but with the people in the middle. And over time, that will have an impact on lawmakers, maybe probably not lawmakers on either the Oversight Committee or the Judiciary Committee, where you tend to pick reliable partisans but other lawmakers in Congress. Um, so to the extent that it does change the popular culture, the popular view, over time it will feed into Congress. This is Mike Dorning, Bloomberg News White House editor, joining us from our D.C. studio. Congressman French Hill, a Republican from Arkansas, also with us from Washington on the telephone line. Congressman, so we talked about Michael Cohen, and obviously I'm here in Hanoi uh, in just a few short hours. This this day two of this of this summit uh, will will kickstart into high gear what are you going to be looking for I, I to be honest and you know this as someone on the financial services committee i've been struck just by being here the chinese presence has really been felt and the president even tweeted out that it's going to take japan china russia uh south korea to all come together to get some type of meaningful action no absolutely because the secret with this is we've had uh, almost 30 years now of attempted improvements in the behavior of North Korea unsuccessfully with presidents beginning with President uh, Clinton. And so it is a trust but verify situation. And no enforcement of the any agreements that could be made uh, would be successful without uh, support from South Korea, China, Japan, and of course the neighbor to the north, Russia. Very difficult situation. What I'm looking for is, is there a path that analysts on both sides of the Pacific believe is possible to lead to denuclearization of the peninsula and really a complete change in the North Asia strategic uh, balance? That would be a major accomplishment if we could get on that track. It would be as seminal an event as when Bush 41 and Helmut Kohl worked with Gorbachev to reunify 
Germany and maintain Germany's position with NATO. It was also thought to be impossible in 1990. And so um, I'm cautious, but I want to see measurable outcomes that are enforceable uh, based on their discussions. And it is remarkable just to see the relationship between the U.S. and Vietnam and how that's taken a remarkable term, uh, remarkable turn in terms of the trade relationship between these two countries. And in fact, in between live shots yesterday, I was able to, to visit the, the, the Hilton Hanoi uh, or the Hanoi Hilton, as it was dubbed, where Senate, the late Senator John McCain was imprisoned as a prisoner of war. And just the, the history of this this country, uh, it, it's it's everywhere here. In, in Hanoi and the Chinese involvement congressman uh, is is really felt uh, and from your perspective as someone who's very aware of the global trade patterns what it, it, it is the impact of China are they what does China really want to see North Korea denuclearized or do they want to get the upper hand here and can they really separate the tr separate the trade negotiations with the United States from what's going on with North Korea. We've got about a minute left. Well, I think all the countries in North Asia and the South Asia Sea region, from the Philippines to South Korea to Japan, Taiwan, Vietnam, all want a presence of the United States in the region. They want the important role of the United States in the region as a way to keep sea lanes open in partnership with our yeah. allies in the region, particularly India and Japan. And so I don't think you can separate it. I don't think the Chinese would do that. It's all, right. all part well, of a complex new power relationship. Congressman Fred Schill, Republican from Arkansas, friend of the program, appreciate you hopping on the line with us from Washington, as well as to Mike Dorning, Bloomberg News White House Editor, Jordan Fabian, White House Correspondent at the Hill Newspaper, and Hagar Kamali, former spokesperson at the U.S. Treasury Department. In just a few hours, it's Trump and Kim's summit. I'm Kevin Cirilli, live in Hanoi. You're listening to Sound On. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.